Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Do not let unholy talk come from your mouth. Unwholesome talk. And in verse 30 he says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Isn't that the question? Why? Because. If we do that which we are not to do, we bring harm and hurt to ourselves and to others. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kadiohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. If you view the Bible as a list of do's and don'ts that are there to make your life miserable and restricted, you've missed the entire point. Pastor J.D. makes it clear today that God has given us warnings against different actions and behaviors not to confine us, but to protect us from ourselves because He knows what's at the center of our hearts. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 4 with part 1 of his message, God wants to protect me from myself. Ephesians chapter 4, our text will be verses 25 through 32, beginning in verse 25. The Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit is writing and says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not, verse 29, let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And then lastly, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I want to talk to you about something today that over the years the Lord has really (laughs) ministered to me concerning, and it's, that of how oftentimes God needs to protect me from me. (laughs) Doubtless you've heard that expression that I am my own worst enemy. 
Sometimes I think no truer words were ever spoken or uttered. We need look no further than into the mirror to face the enemy eyeball to eyeball. Surely we have the flesh and the devil and the world. I like to refer to them as the big three (laughs) that are working against us. But whether we like it or not, no good thing dwells within us that is in our sinful nature, as Paul writes to the church in Rome, which is why we have this propensity, for lack of a better word, to bring much harm to ourselves as a result. The good news is, and this is what I want to talk about today, is that God loves us so much, and He doesn't want us to, keyword, needlessly suffer the consequences of our own foolish decisions and sinful actions. I say needlessly because there are times when we do need to suffer the consequences in order to learn. But I'm talking about those times when it is unnecessary, where we unnecessarily needlessly suffer the consequences of our own folly. It's God's desire to prevent this needless suffering, which is why he commands us to not do anything that would cause us to suffer in this way. And he does so because it's for our own good in the end. Father knows best, if I can say it that way. One has aptly noted that The Ten Commandments should really be seen as the tender commandments from a loving Heavenly Father who says to us, do not do this, because if you do this, you will bring harm and danger and injury to yourself and to others. And it breaks my heart and grieves my heart to see my child suffer needlessly in this way. It could have been avoided had you obeyed. God doesn't say, thou shalt not because I said so. Thou shalt not because I am God and I forbid it. Listen, sin is not bad because it's forbidden. Sin is forbidden because it's bad. Sin is not bad because it's forbidden. Sin is forbidden because it's bad. And guess who it's bad for? You and me. It's bad. And God does not want us to experience that which comes upon us. Whenever God says, thou shalt not, or do not, it's always without exception, because he wants to protect us from that which would bring harm to us. 
And such is the case in our text today where the Apostle Paul four times lists what we are not to do for our own good. In verse 26, he says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. That's a biggie, by the way. Reminds me of the funny story that's told. Hope you don't mind me telling it again. I think it's been a while. I try to have enough time in between sharing my favorite, you know, stories, but the story is told of this husband who proudly declared, my wife and I will never let the sun go down on our anger. And sometimes we're up quite late, but finally my wife will come crawling on her hands and knees to me, and she'll say to me, come out from underneath that bed and fight like a man, you coward. I love that one. My wife and I, uh, many years ago in our marriage, made a commitment to each other that we would never discuss weighty issues at night when we're tired. Because we didn't want to create an environment that was conducive to a, an all-out argument. Now I know you're, you're looking at me saying, well, you're the pastor. I know, I have a perfect marriage. I have perfect children. You know that, right? <laughs> Let's move on. In verse 27, he says, do not give the devil a foothold. And by the way, that's in the context of going to bed angry. You know how it is, right? When you go to bed angry and it's just seething and simmering and you wake up in the morning and oh my goodness, did the enemy have fun with you all night? You're stewing on it in the morning, you wake up and it's worse. That's giving the devil a foothold. And Paul writes, do not give the devil a foothold. In verse 29, he says, do not let unholy talk come from your mouth. Unwholesome talk. And in verse 30, he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Isn't that the question? Why? Because. If we do that which we are not to do, we bring harm and hurt to ourselves and to others. It's important to note that all four of these harmful and hurtful do-nots are in the context of eight sins which unnecessarily subject us to this needless, again, harm and danger. The first is lying, verse 25. Second, anger, verse 26. Three, stealing, verse 28. Four, cursing, verse 29. Five, bitterness, verse 31. Six, rage, verse 31. Seven, fighting, verse 31. And eight, Slander, also, verse 31. That's quite a list, isn't it? I would suggest that the common denominator in all of these is that they're all 
to our own peril, and God desires to protect us from such peril. Now, there's another question I think we need to answer, and that question is, why are these sins so destructive, not only to me, but also to those who are close to me as well? Well, thankfully, Paul answers this why question in his mention of how that we're all members of one body. This is a a great metaphor. And he says it in the context of putting off all lying. And we saw that prior in the chapter where he says, put this off and put this on instead. Now, this metaphor of we're one part of the same body, we're all different members of the same body. Think of it this way. We're one part of our bodies to lie to another. Wouldn't that be dangerous? Even deadly? I like how one commentator explained it. He said, a body can only function properly if it tells itself the truth. If your hand touches something hot, but your hand tells your brain that the thing is cool, your hand will be severely burned. That's why telling the truth is so important, because we are members of one another. That's just the first one on his list. This brings us to the second one on his list, and it is a biggie. It's the sin of anger. Now, I have to confess before we go any further, because the Lord won't let me get away with it if I don't, that this has been an issue in my life. I'm just being very candid with you, very honest with you. Now, the Lord has done a a profoundly deep work in my heart concerning the sin of anger. But I have learned and am learning that anger is extremely dangerous. And this is what Paul is talking about here in listing this, which along with rage in verse 31 is equally as dangerous and even deadly. Now, it's important to distinguish between righteous anger and unrighteous anger. There is an anger that is not sin. That is a righteous anger. And believe you me, I wrote the book on justifying unrighteous anger as being righteous anger. I'm just, this is righteous anger. No, it's not. Nice try. Well, (laughs) how do you know the difference between righteous anger and unrighteous anger? The best way I understand it is this. Unrighteous anger is when someone does something against me, whereas righteous anger is when someone does something against someone else. And I think the best example of righteous anger is when Jesus was so angry. I mean, he goes into the temple And here the money changers are turning it into a den of thieves ripping off the people as they're bringing their sacrifices to the temple. 
And in his righteous anger, he overthrows their tables. That's righteous anger. Here's unrighteous anger. (laughs) And here's the problem with unrighteous anger. It's when we become angry with someone for what they do to us. And in so doing, we give the devil a foothold. And as such, we actually end up doing the devil's work for him in our sinful anger. I think about what James said, that the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Let me... uh, just say this this way. I have always without exception regretted doing something or saying something in anger. And conversely, I have never regretted saying or doing something when I've not been angry. I think about it just even in the context of parenting. See, our children look at us as the representative of especially the father figure, which is why, by the way, we're going to, when we get to Ephesians chapter 6, hear Paul say, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. I think about Moses, who became so angry with the children of Israel, and he struck the rock the second time. And he ruined the type because the rock was a type of Christ only to be struck one time. And the second time God said to Moses, speak to the rock. Don't strike the rock. You already struck the rock. Speak to the rock. In other words, first Christ was struck. Now that he was struck, crucified, now we can speak to him. And water comes forth. Living water comes forth. That was the type. And in Moses, and it's really interesting, and I appreciate the detail in the narrative. It says, Moses in his unrighteous anger said, How long are we? We? How long are we? He's speaking about God and him. Oh, oh, Mo, (laughs) you're on the same level with God now, are you? How long are we going to have to put up with you? And he strikes the rock, and it costs him the promised land. Oh, how many promises has it cost me in my anger? Anger is so destructive. Anger damages. Anger destroys. And this is why the scriptures are replete with the warnings about the dangers that anger can cause. Matthew's gospel, chapter 5, Jesus said, verse 21, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. What? Yeah. 
Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You know what Jesus is saying here? You know what the warning is here? The warning is this. If you don't deal with your anger, your anger will deal with you. You better deal with this anger. It is probably another good time to maybe confess again. So when I first came here to start the church, I actually started, well, we actually started the Bible study in the book of Revelation. Then the next book I wanted to start was the first book of the New Testament, which was the Gospel of Matthew. And when I, you know, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, when I got to chapter 5, the Lord just, I mean, as only He can, and I know you know what I'm talking about, He just got a hold of me and said, uh, Looks like you're going to teach Matthew chapter 5. Yeah. What are you going to do when you get to verse 21 through verse 26? Why? Oh. Um, I think you need to call him. No, he needs to call me. (laughs) This again was my justified righteous anger. I'm talking about somebody on the mainland, so you know I never use illustrations from here, right? Now there was a guy in my church on the mainland that I needed to call and settle this quickly, especially before I taught Matthew chapter 5. I had to take my gift of teaching and leave it at the altar and go settle this. And I had to ask for forgiveness. And he gave me forgiveness freely. Community is so important to a growing relationship with Jesus. We weren't meant to walk this Christian life alone. God has blessed us with spiritual brothers and sisters, all imperfect people serving a perfect creator. We will find ourselves in times of trial as we deepen our faith and follow Jesus. So we need to have a community of believers to lean on. Your church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. In turn, you provide the same for them. Have you found a group of Jesus followers that you can invest in? If you're in the Kaneohe area and don't have a church, we would be more than happy to welcome you into our family. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. 
You can find out more at our website, InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Before our time is through with you today, we want to tell you how you can listen to more editions of In Spirit and Truth. Did you know you can take In Spirit and Truth on the go by downloading our mobile app? In our fast-paced world, it's easy to let the time we'd spend in the Bible slip into the back of the line of things to get done in a day. When you download our mobile app, however, you'll have verse-by-verse studies in the Bible available right at your fingertips to listen to whenever and wherever you go. You'll find a link to the app at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Join us next time as we continue in the book of Ephesians on In Spirit and Truth. Holding me true to 